Hi everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing the theoretical systems of group counseling. In particular, we will be discussing the multicultural and social justice lens and approach for group counseling. To start us off, we will be referencing Rubel 2006. Rubel 2006 identified three essential elements when discussing the impact of diversity upon group work. The first one is culture and its implications for diverse groups and individuals. Secondly, the impact of diversity upon individual identity development. And the third is the impact of diversity upon relationships between the social identity groups. Sue and Sue 2003 states that diversity affects the individual identity formation in profound ways. This is seen through their conceptualization of three levels of identity, including similar dimensions. The first one is individual level of identity is shaped by an individual's unique genetic variation and non-shared experiences. Secondly, the group level of identity is shaped by social identity group membership and interaction. And third is the universal level of identity is characterized by shared human experiences such as self-awareness, birth, death, and love. Let's spend a little bit of time discussing the oppression model. We'll be using Rubel 2006. Social identity may have a significant impact on group functioning. Understanding the oppression model can assist group facilitators in conceptualizing the dynamics of power that is going on between the group members. The oppression model posits that dominant groups, known as agent groups, may either overly or subtly exert dominance over target groups. Identity characteristics comprise membership in groups. So for example, white, male, Christian, cisgender may occupy the position of an agent group, whereas members that are female, people of color, LGBT, or trans may be characteristic of target group members. Other characteristics of identity that may impact group designation are socioeconomic status, age, disability status, and religion. According to Rubel 2006, Oppression from the agent group may occur via various social and psychological levels. Understanding these stereotypes, prejudice, discrimination, and privilege may assist group leaders in conceptualizing the process of group oppression. Within the oppression model, there are a few key concepts and terms for us to go over. These are stereotype, prejudice, discrimination, and privilege. So stereotypes are negative generalizations about social identity groups and group members. Prejudice are judgments of social identity groups or group members made without adequate information or contact. Discrimination is behavior by individuals or institutions of one social identity group that has differential and often harmful effects on members of other social identity groups. Similarly, there is the white racial identity model. While I won't go into detail of each stage, let's go over what the six stages are. Contact, progressive awareness, attitudes, personal responsibility, shifting protective strategies, and autonomy. We will now discuss the racial identification development model, also called the RCID. 
The purpose of the RCID model is for therapists to provide a foundation for an individual of a specific culture to positively progress towards their own cultural identity. The ultimate desired outcome is for the individual to have a fostered appreciation of their own cultural lineage while developing their own personal sets of beliefs and values. The stages of the model are conformity, dissonance, resistance and immersion, introspection, and integrative awareness. These series of stages represent every possible mindset of an individual from the extreme negative to the final acceptance and appreciation of one's own culture. The conformity stage is identifiable when a person has an overt rejection or hatred of their own culture. Um, the individual will usually try to adopt or uplift the values of white culture while simultaneously demeaning the values and system of their own cultural group. Um, an example of this would be an African-American male who harbors hatred of all people or things attributed with African-American culture. There could be an excessive acceptance of all things related to white culture, such as mannerisms, speech, um, the way he dresses, the brands he uses that are typically associated with white males. Um, it would also be present in the people that he associates with, such as friends or um, dating white women. Um, if their individual acceptance is gained in the dominant culture, then they're somehow proving to other members of their minority group that they are quote unquote better than they are. In this stage, an individual's perceptions involving the other members of their minority group would include the overall shunning of these persons as they operate on the views of the majority culture. So with conformity, um, the individual holds the majority culture in a much superior light um, and sees it as the ideal culture. The second stage is dissonance, and it's defined by a period of time in which the previously conforming individual is now faced with the disagreement between his or her self-concept and the attitudes of culture. So it's typical for an event to um, delegate one's shift from the conforming stage to the dissonant stage. Um, and it can appear in the form of overt racism or discrimination. So for example, an African-American male in a professional environment could be participating in a work-related event among white individuals that he perceives to be equal colleagues. And while at the event, could be faced with a discriminatory comment that is aimed at him or could immediately begin to alter his views regarding his place in his own minority uh, culture and group. This brings us to the third stage of resistance and immersion. In this stage, it is noted that individuals experience a strong gravitation towards their minority culture and begin to dissolve any connection to their previously upheld views, um, in this case or example, white culture. Um, the person's guilt and shame may surface as they begin to understand their role and the oppressive enabler of the majority culture. Their reflective attitude regarding their personal role encourages them to begin to seek knowledge regarding their own culture and ferocity. The final stage is integrative awareness, where the individual possesses the ability to identify the benefits as well as the disadvantages of the ideals of the majority culture.
without concentrating on solely the oppression aspect of, in this instance, white society. They harbor no discourse with their own minority culture, nor do they hold any disconcerting feelings towards the overall values of the majority culture. It is also important to understand the role that power plays in the group dynamics. Power is distributed within the group according to the social role of the group. Those members with more powerful group social roles will have more influence on group behaviors. Power may be distributed according to numerical representation of social identity within the group. So for example, members of major social groups have more power than those of minority groups. New Craig 1998 states that culture represents the common values, norms of behavior, symbols, language, and common life patterns that people learn and share with one another. We may be asking why multicultural perspective is important to group. The population of the United States is becoming progressively more diverse. There is evidence that non-majority populations are underserved by the counseling profession. Traditional counseling theories and techniques were also developed from Eurocentric points of view. And the counseling profession values and embraces diversity and strives to improve services to underserved populations. There are several important issues to consider in a multicultural group, starting with self-awareness. Um, when discussing the racial identity models or the oppression models, people may be in different levels of those and may not have the vocabulary or the awareness or the awareness to discuss certain topics with the group. Another is the cultural awareness um, and the differing worldviews of group members. There may be reflection on the appropriateness of groups and interventions that are used, as well as topics that are discussed. So for example, the topic of sex may be very taboo to be discussed in front of um, a group in certain cultures. And we as the facilitator would want to consider the worldviews on this topic before identifying a client as resistant or withdrawn. There are also biases, prejudices, or blind spots that will be perpetuated in group. Um, agent group members may dominate group interaction. The facilitator wants to be aware of who talks more, who gets listened to. Members with non-visible target identities may also hide this identity during group. A good example of this would be disabilities that often can't be seen. Um, there may be a lot of shame for members to talk about it. Members with targeted identities may be unwilling to discuss their feelings or experiences associated with their status. Again, this goes back to where they may be in their racial identity model. Um, agent group members may deny, minimize, or openly challenge the reality of such feelings and experiences if a member of a target group decides to share their experience. Agent members may scapegoat target members for resisting dominant group norms. Members with target identities may be pressured into roles such as representative of their identity or educator of agent group leaders or members. This is often done um, in a way that's not intended to harm, but a member may be asked to speak on behalf of women, for example, or on behalf of the Hispanic population. We will now move into the question of how should diversity affect group leadership? 
in group leader assumptions, there should be some that are made about every group. For example, there will always be the assumption that there is visible and invisible diversity. And secondly, that group is a microcosm of society. So in group pre-planning, it's important to take this into consideration for the group purposes and goals, the composition and the screening, the group orientation, and the time considerations and setting. For process goals and skills, it's important to keep in mind that negotiating and establishing of useful norms, determining the usefulness of skills, and how to deal with conflict. We also always assume that groups are heterogeneous, even if homogeneous by design. We want to be aware of invisible or target identities, such as socioeconomic status, disabilities, religion, mental health, or others. And lastly, we want to be aware that group work has different values with emotional awareness, here and now, directness, conflict, independence and interdependence, democracy and personal responsibility. We want to consider how might these assumptions be in opposition to personal beliefs or worldviews.